The first reading can be found on page 1095 of the Pew Bibles. 1095. From the book of Acts, chapter 4, commencing at verse 1. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put, put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. The second reading can be found on page 1001. The book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely 
I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that you would open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts. Amen. So friends, I'm going to be preaching from this passage in Acts chapter 4, which I love. (laughs) I love it because it is so human. And it's so, so much a tale of the actual impotence of evil men. It's lovely. <laughs> so let's go into it. I need to give you some background. The day bef- sorry, the, the day this happened, at three o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray. And as they were going into the temple, A a cripple who'd been crippled for more than 40 years was being carried in. And, And as he's being carried in, he asks Peter and John for money. And Peter looks at him and says, look at us. So the man gave them their, his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And his feet grew strong, his ankles grew strong. <laughs> and this dear man got up. And walked. He didn't just walk a little bit. He walked and he leapt and he... Ah! We can't imagine what it was like for him, hey? 40 years, a cripple. He was being carried. What, with, with two blokes and he was he a big, big, was he a big man? Was he in a wheelbarrow like they used to carry them in Zimbabwe? Hey? How was, how was this dear man carried? And suddenly, he's well. Yeah. Now, notice this. He was a cripple by the temple gate, the gate called Beautiful. And he'd been there for 40 years, or however long it was before, maybe 20 years when he started begging, however long. He was just... And if you were going, if you were a worshipper at the temple, you went in and out of the temple gate, and you would have seen that dear man every single day. Every day, he would have asked you for charity, for alms. Eh? They knew him. They knew him. They knew him. That's why the crowd gathers around. Yes, they hear the noise of this guy whooping and leaping and praising God. But they knew him. This, this was the cripple. 
And so Peter then is preaching to them. And as he's preaching to them and, and John, the priests arrive. The priests and the captain of the guard and the Sadducees. <laughs> the fun men. And what do they do? They know they've got to stop this. I mean, this is silly. So they put Peter and John in prison. And the next day, they convene the court. Now, notice the, the actors here. The next day, the rulers and elders and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, as were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. And Peter and John were brought in before them. Notice that. Peter is now before the high priest. Remember Peter, the night when Jesus was arrested, he followed Jesus to the courts of the high priest's house. Remember that. And in those courts, he denied that he knew Jesus. Because he was afraid for his skin. And now you've got a totally different Peter. He's, he's, he's now right in front of the big man. <laughs> hey? He's right there. And there's not a hint that Peter is afraid. Not at all. He's filled with, with, with courage. And yes, they are the big men in the society. Definitely. But these men are bad. They are treacherous. Remember, they had organized for Barabbas to be released. Barabbas, who was a murderer. These events are something like 60 days after the Jesus' Jesus's crucifixion. Here's a question for you. Had, had Barabbas already got on and murdered someone else in those 60 days? Because that's what he did. Was Barabbas on the run by now? Because they'd let him out, these men, these pillars of the society. But they have to try and do justice properly. So they have the cripple, or the ex-cripple, <laughs> the, the, the man who's been healed, they have him in the courtroom. Peter, John, and the cripple. <laughs> they must have been scratching their heads thinking, what are we going to do now, man? Hey? Because they knew the cripple. They were often in the temple, weren't they? That was their job. They were the priests. They knew him. They'd walked past him. They'd turned up their noses at him. Day after day after day after day. However old these men were and however long the, the cripple had been been, been um, begging for, they, they were, some of those guys would have known this cripple all their lives. Yes? And there he is standing in front of them. And he's well. And so then they ask Peter, well, how did you do this? 
By what power or what name did you do this? Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit and says, rulers and elders of the people. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it was by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Hey, you can just imagine him doing it. There he is, he's healed. It's in that name, the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Not going terribly well for these guys, is it? (laughs) He is the stone you builders rejected that's become the capstone. Then look at him. He plows, he plows, he's plowing right in here. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. (laughs) Is that just going straight into them? Because they knew it was by the name of Moses. We've been doing this Moses thing for centuries. No, you got that wrong, boys. It's in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Salvation is in no other name. Hey? The little world has been turned absolutely upside down. Some of them probably went off to the pub afterwards to try and process it. Eh? When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And since they could see the man who'd been healed standing there, there was nothing they could say. (laughs) I love it, don't you? Peter's just made this massive proclamation. There's no other name given among men by which you may be saved but the name of Jesus of Nazareth. (coughs) And the court goes quiet. They're astonished. I wonder how long they were quiet for. How long did they look from Peter to John to the cripple, then from the cripple back to Peter, back to John? Eh? How long did it go on for? Because they, they, they knew the cripple. They knew him. And this wasn't done on the Sabbath so they could produce some sort of trumped up charge against this about the Sabbath. This is all absolutely fine. What are we going to do? And they put them out. It's lovely. Absolutely lovely. They they were stuck. There's nothing we can do. They're powerless against the truth. The thing I want to emphasize is the fact that they see that these men were ordinary 
unschooled men. They would have told by their accents that they were Galileans. Yeah? And they saw that these men had been with Jesus. They knew Jesus. Yeah? They knew what he, he was like. They knew he had, had disciples. And these ordinary guys, unschooled fishermen, what set them apart What was that they'd been with Jesus. What gave them the power they had been with Jesus. The point is this, friends. As you are, as you are, God can use you. You don't need fancy education. Education's good, but you don't need that to serve the living God. Here's what I believe. I believe the central thing of the, of Christianity is not truth. Although I believe it's true. But the central thing isn't truth. The central message of the gospel is relationship. It's relationship with the living God. That's what this, this gospel is all about. Yes, truth's important because you can't have a relationship if there's a bunch of lies. Hey? Has anyone had a happy relationship with someone who's a liar? No. No, eh? Doesn't happen. It's relationship. The message of the gospel is about this God who loves and loves and loves us and binds up his life with our lives. He sets his love on us from all eternity and draws us into a open, happy, good relationship with him. And out of that relationship with the living God, all all sorts of hope and life come to us and to those whom we love and to our world. And it's because because of this, this relationship that, that Jesus then, then talks about us loving one another. Because the, the, our love for one another is the sign of our love for him. And so the New Testament talks about how we can't say we love God if we don't love one another. It's all tied together. It's all about relationship. The whole of Jesus' ministry was about relationship, wasn't it? His relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He kept talking about it. It was his relationship with, with, with God that gave his ministry the impetus and the power that it had. It's the same for us. The thing which we, we're, to call, we're called to work at as Christians is our relationship with, with God Yes, 
and our relationship with each other. And it's that that thing about relationship which makes the Holy Communion service just so special, isn't it? Because in the Holy, in the Holy Communion service, as we take the bread and as we drink the wine, all that Jesus has won for us on the cross is once again applied to our souls. We're refreshed again with God's Holy Spirit. We're renewed. It's, how, it's one of the ways that our relationship gets, gets kept fresh. And yes, there are all the other disciplines of prayer and Bible study and, and, and fellowship and everything like that. However you do it, however you work at the relationship, work at it. And I want to end with this thought. It comes from Jesus. Jesus, night before he's betrayed. And he's talking to his disciples. And he says to them, watch this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Think of how much the Father has loved the Son. From all eternity. Before time even began. This awesome, triune, majestic God Just pouring their love into each other. And as the Father has loved the Son, Jesus, so, so has Jesus loved you and me. Just can't get better than that. It can't. And as you go out the church today, the God who goes with you loves you without any limits at all. No limits. So come, Lord Jesus. Come, 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 Lord Jesus. Come and do a work in our day, in our lives, in our time, that is just so wonderful. We wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.